Welcome back to Nostalgia Entertainment System, the show about remembering things. I'm your host, Josh. And I'm your other host, Paul, from all the way across town. Wow. It's a, it's a remote record. Something we've never fully done before. Mm-mm. Isn't that exciting, Paul? I'm excited. Why? Because uh, we're doing our first remote record. That's a good reason Didn't to be Didn't we ex- just go over this? <laughs> no, I don't believe we have. Okay. Um, I guess I'm also excited because I like today's topic and I like today's guest. So that's also exciting for me. Wow. Well, let's just get right into the guest part, at least. Uh, returning to the show once again from SciShow Tangents, I think. Uh, you're, you're still on that, right? Uh, it's Sari Riley. <laughs> I am still on it. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. I feel like... Yeah, actually, this is my main gig now. I don't know. You, you saw the job offer that you gave me for this podcast. I'm I saw actually, the and then oh, I, I saw the Google form in my email, but I haven't clicked on it yet. Are you applying to replace one or both of us? Oh, uh, or is this an awkward time for me to bring that up? Am I on my way out? Yeah, that's. <laughs> <laughs> you should really talk to Josh about that. I thought he would communicate it. You know, I'm I'm here. This is my first day. I did get this weird note from Josh just the other day, where it just was a piece of paper where he had scrawled out, "No." And I didn't know what it meant, but he mm. just kind of shook his head at me and that's all he would do. Mm. That was in response to, um, I have I have been told by one person, Paul, uh, that you like the green apple Skittle and I just can't have that on this show. Who told you that? Did I'm not saying, that? I'm protecting their privacy. Oh wait, who even knows? I don't even, I don't know if I even have that developed an opinion about it. And so I'm curious who would have even said that. <laughs> Or was it because I accidentally voted wrong in the Twitter poll yesterday and I tried to get you to do another poll so I could vote correctly? <laughs> I stand by my words when I told you to get bent. <laughs> All right. Well, it may or may not have been me. I cannot confirm or deny. Oh, my God. I shouldn't um, have trusted so... you with my candy preferences. <laughs> <laughs> I know you said you liked me as a guest, but now. But we'll see. Doesn't we'll see matter. how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> I take notes on every guest, and the scale is just purely dislike or like. <laughs> so you, there's a pretty flexible window here, but you're inching that slightly over. Mm-hmm. I see. Okay, I'll be I'll be a little careful. I've got to dunk on Josh slightly more to get my <laughs> get my ratings up. Exactly. All right, now it's moving pretty far the other way again. Mm, there we go. Uh, Sari, I believe this is the first time you've been on since you have moved across the country. I don't quite remember. I think so. Yeah, I la. I think this is the, I w- this is my first time on in a year or so. Probably. And, and last year I was still living mm. in Missoula. Wow. And now I'm living in wow. Boston. That's exciting. I'm saying that for the yeah. listeners. I, yeah. I've I've gone and visited you. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just put, I'm just putting you know, on air. Uh huh. I I see. You you can't 
betray the magic of the podcast. Josh and I actually never talk outside no. of this podcast. We're not real friends. No, this is this is a purely business yeah. relationship. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I realized I said that and... Paul and I actually don't talk outside the <laughs> podcast. So we're, yeah, we're we are, we do have business acquaintances. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, yes. you're, you're working, you're working for GBH or as some people may know it at the end of PBS shows, WGBH, which I thought was very fun when I learned that. That is how Josh explained to me where you work. Exactly. With that phrase, like exactly. PBS kids, yeah. GBH. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm imbued in the nostalgia. I had to go into the office yesterday to uh, perform <laughs> coordinating producer duties, aka ship out a bunch of iPads and return like move stuff around to a closed office. Um, and there's just all kinds of nostalgia littered about there. There's a big barrel with the Zoom logo on it. Whoa! Well, like not Zoom the the conferencing, but Zoom. what's in it? Are they the bones of previous uh, sound foam? Oh, I thought it was going to be the bones of previous Zoom cast the children. members. Yeah, they put them in a barrel. <laughs> yes. Yeah, wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> Unfortunately, um, I cannot disclose, <laughs> confirm, or deny whether there were bones beneath the sound foam. Mm, you never dig that far deep. No, no, no. Not not at my level. I once, If I know too much, then I'm stuck there forever. I still need to keep my options open. But yeah, there's like a bunch of stuff. There's there's like big Arthur plushies and wow. bookshelves full of VHS tapes. Uh, they're the Between the Lions puppets, which was a show that I forgot that I watched. I love that show. Wow. I know, me too. They've got the puppets there? Yeah, they got the puppets nice. there. Just just sitting which in the one, office. Which puppets, can I ask? I don't know if I remember any of their names. Uh, I don't remember any of their names either, but it was one of the, like the boy kid lion Lionel. his head is sitting on a shelf yeah his head's there i don't know where his body is i think in a storage closet but wow i saw his head yesterday and yeah all kinds of memorabilia there's a stack of of zoom stickers because they're have they're reaching some anniversary i don't know 50th is that is it still a show uh no i don't think so oh I didn't think it was. Do you still get to celebrate the anniversary if the show's not on anymore? I guess so. They, they're contracting with a bunch of the kids who are now adults uh, to make small videos online. So they are celebrating the 50th anniversary. 50th anniversary. Wow. Um, and there's a stack of stickers there. So I took one of the sta- stickers and brought it home for my partner, who loves Zoom. Don't know if I was supposed to, but <laughs> there was a stack. <laughs> and only this podcast in your audience wow. now. Wow. Okay. That means that three people are going to know that you did that. <laughs> That's true. Mm-hmm. Is it just the three also- that are on this call? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so as long as it's not under NDA, I can get all the the hot goss about GBH produced shows. So can you tell us what? What did Arthur do to get himself canceled? Yeah, we we have our own like little speculations about what he did, but we got to hear the juicy deets of of the Arthur Reed scandal. I see. Yes. Yeah, he really wanted to step down from his position of power before the news broke that um he was the bully the whole time. So he really acted as the main character, but on set Arthur was just really Really kind of snarky and mean. Oh to everyone. wow, he was, he was so, an Ellen. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> one one might say Arthur was an Ellen this <laughs> whole time. Arthur was an Ellen. Uh, oh my god. Wow, I can't believe it. So just really every time that they had him do a scene with the other characters, I mean, he was supposed to be mean to DW for the show, but all of his quote unquote friends 
you were just rude to on set, off set, just kind of a diva. Uh, so it was about time that this beloved childhood character would retire before that, that news leaked. Any, uh, <laughs> yeah, anyway, any other fun trivia about, <laughs> about fun shows that we might find interesting? I don't really know. Oh, I don't know. Uh, are the are the bones of Zabumafu around the office anywhere? I'm just interested in cast member bones at this point. Bones. I want I to know see. about yeah, the remains of any animal cast members, real cast members, um, whatever you got. Um, I don't have any bone updates, unfortunately. The Crap Brothers are still alive and kicking. I got sent a picture on Slack of them at the White House recently. So they're they met with Sleepy not Joe, only huh? still alive and kicking. <laughs> That's the new yeah. animal they're showcasing. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Along with Arthur and pre-cancellation, you know, and other, other beloved characters. They were the only human characters that went. So, and you can tell that they aged relative to all the, the children fursuits mm. that were there. Now, is it true that the Crab Brothers are now just cartoons in real life? What do you mean? This is a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to process that. Because <laughs> their new show is animated, I think. Oh, I don't know. I didn't even know they had a new show. This is how little yeah, I'm in the... I think it's all animated. Yeah. Paul and I did a... We did a oh, PBS Kids episode, which I also just recently uploaded to YouTube. So for anyone that wants to oh, listen thanks. to this show on YouTube, which is literally no different than listening to... Whatever thing you're listening to it on now, uh, I think that was the most recent one that I uploaded as of this recording. I only have 60-some episodes left to upload. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I don't. I haven't worked here very long. I've only worked here for mm. a couple months. So soon to have all, all the best news. They haven't let me into the, the secrets to see the bones yet. I think they do that around your six months, probably. That's when you got bone privileges. Well, we'll we'll check back in uh, about one year um, without any communication in between, and mm -hmm. we'll get an update on the PBS bones. Yep. Yes, we'll do. And if I'm dead before then, assume that my bones have joined those of my ancestors, and you'll, it's on you to come find them in the GBH archives. Wow. So we'll have to get a job there, and we'll have to search for them. Yeah. Okay. Yes, uh, but there'll be an opening oh, because I true. died, so you can try and get my job. Maybe we can apply as a podcast. Well, every media company is trying to find new audiences, and I'm sure your podcast would bring in a great new audience of the three mm -hmm. people. The three people listen. on the show. They'll bring Joe. <laughs> the three people. Yeah. get Joe to watch public television, <laughs> which has been our goal this whole time. He's always watching mm -hmm. private television. He's an HBO guy. We call him <laughs> HB Joe. He loves HBO. <laughs> Yeah, what what Joe really needs to know is public media, specifically um, reporting about the Boston area. Like he's their target audience. He's the <laughs> he's the elusive catch. Everyone's talking about Gen Z this, TikTok that. Joe is the <laughs> Joe is the people. He is the yeah. everyman that public media is trying to reach. Everyone's just got to get. Everyone's just got to get a little slice of Joe Divine. And that's why our podcast is doing so well, because we know that Joe listens to most episodes, if not every episode. Mm -hmm. That's true. Yeah. So you really, no matter what negotiations you go into, whether it's trying to get Joe Rogan off of Spotify by negotiating with Spotify, whether it's kids media, public media, I think you really have the upper hand in any sort of bargaining. 
because you have the Joe factor. Exactly. That's actually was going to be our, the original name for this show, but it was a little too close to Joe Rogan's podcast. So we had to, and also his previous show fear factor. Yeah. (laughs) A little close, a little too close to both. How come he didn't call his show Uh the Joe factor? I don't think he's that smart. <laughs> That's true. What's his show called now? The Joe Rogan Experience. He probably was riding Jimi Hendrix's mm-hmm. coattails. Mm. Those. That's the only other experience I can think of. <laughs> there's. There's no others to Paul. Nope. Those are the only experiences <laughs> in the world. Wait. Speaking of HBO and uh, television, and I don't. I honestly don't think this is gonna spur any any or much conversation. Um, but there's a show that recently was got put on HBO. It's called Smiling Friends. And it's made by a bunch of Newgrounds or like two Newgrounds animators or like the show creators. And it's it's a wonderful show. I don't Paul, I don't think you would it's another one of those things that I really like that I don't think you would enjoy because it's <laughs> probably not I don't know. Wait, what's what is it like? Is it is it like a I guess just tell me. I I have no idea. Uh, it's, it's very difficult to describe if you are not familiar with Newgrounds. I watched a couple of things on Newgrounds when I was a lad. Cause it, it, there, there's parts of it that are very crass. Uh, there's parts of it that like just are so non sequitur. It, it's, it's, it's just one of those kinds of, of TV shows. If or it, I don't. I don't know. There's not that many TV shows out there that are like it. Like it's it's a different breed of adult animation. Is it something that might be on like Adult Swim? It was on. It was on Adult Swim. Um, oh, but it's also okay. like you can stream it on HBO. But it aired on on Adult Swim. Um, but yeah, it's about these two. It's about these two characters, Charlie and Pim, and they work for a company called Smiling Friends. And the whole premise of the show is that someone will call into the company because they need help smiling and then they send some people over to help them smile. But I really like it. This is very wild. Yeah, I've I've just looked at the image Google Google image search of smiling friends and it looks bizarre. Yes, it, it really does. It's so strange. Like, but I as someone who has who has grown up watching like Newgrounds animators uh like not necessarily the two show creators in particular, but a lot of like the voice cast has done um, uh, animations on Newgrounds or like early YouTube back in the day, uh, and it's just it's fun to see. Just like wow, look at look at them on they're on like television. They're no longer in like the dark pits of Newgrounds. They're on like a, they're on Adult Swim. They're on HBO. Mm-hmm. And that's fun for me. That's very fun. There's it's it 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 warms my heart. To see like small animators finally get like their shot, and also it being good. A show I've been watching on HBO. Speaking of HBO and Joe, uh, is uh, Joe Para talks with you. Have either of you guys seen that show? I watched it on a plane, and it was great. No. It's so good, isn't it? <laughs> I love that show. Terry, I highly recommend. What is? It's it's kind of tough to explain, but basically, so there's there's a comedian um, named Joe Para, and his stand up is like very, like slow paced and like I think it's really funny but I mean I guess I would say it's like very dry humor it's it's um, like it's tongue in cheek midwestern mm-hmm. so he basically like every show is him like explaining something to you or talking you through something um, and his personality is just like very like meek and he talks really slowly um, but 
I don't know. It just really tickles me. And I, I did a terrible job of explaining it, but each episode is only like 12 minutes long or something like that. Um, and it's very like, it's, it's slow moving and kind of relaxing. Um, so it's like a good thing if you're like mm-hmm. trying to, there's specifically like an episode called Joe Para talks you to sleep. Um, and there's some holiday episodes as well. Um, but basically you just get this like kind of dorky, uh, very mild mannered, quiet Midwestern man, like explaining things to you. Uh, it's really good. I don't know. It's very sweet too. There's no like hard it's a very, edge. It is the exact opposite of what you would get from smiling friends. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds very lovely. It reminds me of, uh, not HBO. I was trying to think of an HBO show that I've watched recently. None. HBO has done a poor job marketing to me. Um, but a, a Netflix show called The Repair Shop, where it's just, it's like a, I think it's a constructed location, a set in the in the English countryside. And it's just a bunch of people who are good at tinkering with things. Like there's an old watchmaker and like a reupholsterer and people bring their objects of value to these old not even old all the time, middle-aged people who are really good at repairing things. And they're like, this was, this was my grandpa's chair and now it's broken. And they're like, we can fix that for you. And then it's just a long episode of them like recaning or re, uh, upholstering a chair. Well, that sounds nice. I'm explaining the sentiment. Is it, is it a scripted yeah. show so, or is it a... No, it's a reality show. Wow. Oh. But... Reality in the loosest terms of of British reality TV. It sounds like if you mixed Antiques Roadshow, This Old House, and Pawn Stars. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What I love about it is that the goal, like nothing about it is about the value of the object. It's all about like the emotional Mm. value of it and the idea of repairing and mending as a practice. Uh to like preserve things that you care about or that have been passed down through generations, even if it's not the most flashy thing or the most important thing um, in a culture that is like about buying a lot of new things. Mm. So the way you were describing Joe Paradox with you reminded me of the way that these these British folks repairing things talk to you about their process of like, well, I just picked up a piece of wood one day and was like, this is what I want to do. And now I'm going to like intricately carve this little dog for this this dollhouse that I'm repairing just because uh, it's very I like that. See, that's the kind of show I like, Josh. I know. Josh keeps trying to show me all these animes, (laughs) people getting eaten and blood everywhere. Oh, it's great. Listen, everyone should watch Attack on Titan. I'm just going to put that out there right (laughs) now. Everyone, Everyone should go watch it. It's a good show. Speaking of good shows, we're going to talk game shows right after this break. We'll see you then, everybody. Oh, hello. I didn't see you there. I was just listening to a podcast. And sometimes I wonder, why do people podcast? Do they really think that uh, people care what they have to say? Well, if they're famous, then maybe. But why do others do it? The not-so-famous ones. Well, hell if I know, but you should sign up for our Patreon at patreon.com slash NES underscore pod and find out what Josh and I have to say. Sure, we're no uh, Conan's O'Brien nor Sarah's Koenig, but we do talk a lot about Thanksgiving food. So come on, it's only $3 a month and that gets you access to dozens of bonus episodes from the Cumshaw to our new series, The Three Episode Rule, both of which are only available on Patreon. So check it out, dummies. Check us out at 
patreon.com slash NES underscore pod. Start your day the game show way with a nonstop block of your favorite game shows on Club AM. It all starts off with Wink Martindale on the show where three in a row means tic-tac-toe. Then you can bet you're in for some excitement with Jack Barry on the Joker's Wild. Next, it's the eye-catching word game. That's it. It's Jack Nars, and now you see it. And there's more to come. Don't be left out. Join the club, Club AM, beginning at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 Pacific on Game Show Network. Welcome back to this episode of this podcast. Isn't that isn't that great? That could be literally any of them. I they, hey yeah. If anyone wants to, we were clip, trying to get a clean drop on that so we could put it in every episode from here on out, and then Josh doesn't have to say it. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna clip that out and then license it to anyone that needs a welcome back from a break little clip. Great, great. That's how you really get. That's the passive income everyone's yeah. talking about. Like the the get rich quick schemes. All you need is a bunch of Josh sound bites, mm-hmm. and then you'll be through. That's how you get a house. That's it. That reminds me, I do have a sound bite of Josh that I took years ago, and it's one of my favorite things. Oh my god! It's Josh laughing very hard at a. I don't even remember what you're laughing at, but I don't even remember either. <laughs> we were throwing a ball on the <laughs> roof over and over again, and somehow that just made us all laugh hysterically. And Was I, that then? Some, yeah, and I somehow got a recording of Josh just losing it. I think it's because we tried to get the ball down and we got something else stuck on the roof. Was that it? <laughs> that probably that could be it. <laughs> I don't quite I don't quite remember. But yeah, I don't I don't remember that I don't remember ever laughing that hard for that part of the day, but and this Hold is I I we do this it. a lot where just like, we're back from our break, but now we're going to talk about something else for like 10 more minutes. Because this is reminding me of another mm-hmm. time that I do remember laughing very hard. One of the hardest I have ever laughed. And it was when Paul, myself, and a uh, former guest on the show, PJ Willett, all lived together. And there was one day that, <laughs> it's funny just thinking about it. There was one day that that <laughs> PJ, like, Kind of, he just like jogged into the living room fairly quickly, and then he like he had socks on, and we had wood floors in our living room, and he like just like a cartoon, he like scrambled his feet and then fell down, and I have never <laughs> laughed so hard. It was so funny, just watching him fall down like a cartoon. I probably made this sound that Paul's playing. Yes, very quietly, but it's there. It was funny. This wasn't the PJ incident. <laughs> I love the loopingness of it too. It's great just hearing well, it. Well, I'm glad that they finally updated the um, voice memo thing where it goes like the 15 second back because I used to have to try to scroll it really fast if I wanted to do that to loop it. But now I can just hit the rewind mm-hmm. button over and over again. Wow. Love it. Well, anyway. Um, That's what I listen to to fall asleep. Oh, I see. Better than any sleep cast. Just. The, the sweet, high-pitched sound of Josh hysterically in, laughing. In 2014, probably. Recorded from my iPhone, <laughs> or recorded by my iPhone from a uh, Facebook video. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. That's it. That's like the, the secret sauce. Everyone's talking about insomnia. Everyone's talking about the stress of modern living. But all you need is this secret formula. 
recording of a Facebook video of a friend. Laughing. We can license that. Yeah. Also, there's more passive income for us. Mm -hmm. Although I know that it's your voice, but it's my recording, so I want more money. Mm -hmm. Interesting. We'll have to litigate this later. Okay. Uh, Now we're going to talk about game shows. (laughs) The thing that you're all probably here for. But you got to sit through the friendship part first, because like I said, we don't talk to each other except for this podcast. Mm -hmm. I like calling the first part of this show the friendship part. That's actually pretty endearing. Like... Because it is always people we're friends with, so that that's true, and it's a lot better. It's a better sell than like, oh yeah, we don't talk about the thing for like thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. Like I know well, you it's see the friendship what, part, yeah. Like I know you see the thing in the in the title, but like you have to skip thirty, sometimes forty, or in a case with a conversation with Joe Devine, uh, we didn't even get to it, and that was the whole episode was just talking with Joe. Um, but no, we're here now. We're here. We're going to talk about game shows, which, uh, again, I had Sari dip into our list of uh, very hastily put together episode topics, and uh, and you picked game shows. So I'm just curious, like, how, how what game shows did you watch? How much of it did you watch? Your favorites? Let, like the whole rundown. Let, let's whatever comes to mind. We'll start there. Oh, okay. Well, I guess. I'll start with, uh, (laughs) that was was all the question. (laughs) That's all I brought to talk about. Um, I'd say I'll start with watching game shows in general. I feel like they were a staple. I I don't know. I had satellite TV from very early on as a child. Satellite TV. Whoa. Pretty privileged as far as TV went, the good stuff. So I had access to the game show network. Damn. And it was... A gold mine. I we were also a family that watched TV during dinner. It was none of this talking over a table and bonding kind of situation. And a lot of what we watched were cartoons, which makes sense with what other episodes I've been on here to talk about. Um, but inevitably, cartoons need a break because the animators are working on other things and you you can only watch so many reruns. Uh, at least me and my sister could only watch so many reruns. So we turned to game shows, which re- reliably uploaded uh, pretty, pretty daily new shows in a lot of cases or weekly. And you could, there were so many of them, so you could stack them right up. Uh, and I feel like it started in the 90s with like, my mom also enjoyed watching like a shop till you drop or a supermarket sweep. So I've been enjoying the revival of supermarket sweep nowadays. Um, but also a lot of word games. So like uh, one that sticks out because Wordle is such a big thing is Lingo. I watch so much Lingo. And so by the time I Wordle I don't think came, I know Lingo. I, never, I don't think I ever saw Lingo. You never heard of Lingo? No. no. It's Wordle. <laughs> it's like, it, it's bingo with words, kind of. But the the, the premise is uh, you play mastermind with words. You have a, a chart of like five or six rows and teams of two. At least when I watched it from the 2002 to 2007 run with Chuck Woolery as host. <laughs> I look this outside now. Uh, you just try and get, you get a starting letter which is different than Wordle, but then you try and guess your five-letter word and you get a little like notification or like a little um, circle if 
the letters in the word, but not in the right spot. And if you get the full letter word, you get to pull out a bingo ball and that goes on your bingo board. Oh, and that's why I don't know. It's letter bingo uh, and lingo. So I watched that a lot uh, and was like, and, and in the classic fashion of game shows thought I could freaking do that. Like, that's not that hard. <laughs> Give me another person and I could go on. And that was, I guess, in 2002 to 2007, I was in elementary school. But I was still like, I could freaking do that. I know five letter words. And turns out with Wordle, I can freaking do that. Mm-hmm. So that's it. Wow. I bet uh, whoever created Lingo was probably kicking themselves. It's like, man, I was 20 years too early. Unless, unless he mm-hmm. did make... His millions from Lingo, then I'm pretty sure he's fine. But I have a sneaking suspicion that he did not make that much money <laughs> off of the TV there's show. There's a lot of people who do like, uh, like when they make a game show, they make like a bunch of them. So it's very possible it was just some like game show magnate that just had done so much stuff that he doesn't even care. Or mm. he was probably like 70 years old at the time and he's dead now. I can't think of any other game show creators other than Merv Griffin. He was a big one. The Titan. Some people say, but he's dead. Are some people you? Hmm? Are you some people? Yes. <laughs> Do you call I him call the Titan? I call Merv Griffin yeah. the Titan, the game show Titan. You've heard of the Mad Titan, mm-hmm. Thanos? Well, what about the game show Titan, <laughs> Merv Griffin? If I would like to see what he would do with all the Infinity Stones, thank you very much. <laughs> He'd probably make more game shows. Probably. He would just eliminate all the people who would not be good uh, game show contestants. You think he'd eliminate them? And oh no, you're right. Those are the most entertaining. The or you need to you need to balance. I Never don't know. Mind. I mean, you could be right. I just I love this discussion. A nice fierce debate about what Merv Griffin <laughs> would do with the Infinity Stones. <laughs> Josh, what do you think he'd do? Uh, I think he'd make you guess six letter words. Damn! So mm. he just bumps it up by one. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty good. Alternating. No one would ever remember the five letter wordle. They'd just be forced mm-hmm. into the six. Yeah, I've never, I've never heard of lingo, but uh, I have heard of and really did like Supermarket Sweep. Mm. That was that was such a fun show, and I didn't know that it was um, coming back or came back. I don't know. I guess episodes aired in 2020. I don't really know, but mm-hmm. I haven't seen any. Are they as good? Have you seen them, Sari? I have seen them. Um, they are not as good. But I think I also am colored by nostalgia. So I haven't gone, to be clear, I haven't gone back and watched the original Supermarket Sweep, which I watched when I was like in single digits of of humanhood, which meant it was the most exciting thing. Like the idea of someone running through a grocery store instead of walking through being pushed in a cart was absolutely buck wild. Uh, Absolutely. So it was revolutionary to me. Yeah. I remember Uh, with that show being like, but like, I also really enjoyed it, but it seems kind of weird because mm-hmm. as a child, you don't really have any understanding of grocery store prices. So like I yeah. like recipes. <laughs> so it's, it's like, how is this enjoyable? You're just basically seeing someone go like knock things down and put stuff in a basket, which is fun, I guess. Mm-hmm. I feel like I was pretty in tune with prices as a child. My, my, my mom was frugal was like, my mom taught me at a very early age and I still do this to this day. Just like always look at the screen when they're scanning things to make sure it's the right price. So that's a good, that's good advice. I don't think I was price aware, but I was game show rule aware. So I knew you had to go for, you gotta go for those meats. The meats are expensive. Yeah. Expensive and heavy (laughs) and heavy. Yeah. 
my mom did not teach me to look at the scanner, but she did say she did sometimes yell supermarket sweep and then push the cart really fast through a grocery store aisle. Oh, that, and that sounds was great. fun. That was like, <laughs> it was so fun. Uh, my mom doesn't make a lot of jokes as Asian mothers. I don't know. As my Asian mother, I guess, isn't she's not a big humor person, but she loved supermarket sweep. And so it was a great moment of bonding where she pushed me down the aisle very fast as if we were on the game show. Were you riding on the front of the cart or were you in the cart? Both. Sometimes I was in the cart, but I would say it was mostly when I was older. Uh, So I was just riding on the front, gripped. That sounds very fun. I don't know why, but I always, not always. Okay, let me rephrase this. I regularly think about one supermarket sweep like clue. Because there's like, because like they have little mini games at the beginning before they do like the big shopping thing. And then one of them, one of the like games that they would play was just like trying to guess brand names of things. And mm-hmm. um, they're like very obvious clues. And one of the, um, one of the clues was not Mr. Mr. Not Mrs. T, but and the answer is Mr. Coffee. And I just think about that so much. That's just one of those little <laughs> earworms that has never left my brain for like 20 years. <laughs> Wow. Is it? Mm -hmm. I was, I am definitely, as you were saying that clue, I was like, oh, not Mrs. T, but Mr. T. (laughs) I was thinking of (laughs) Pity the Fool guy. And so I was like, there's, was there Mr. T branded stuff at that point? I know there was like Mr. T cereal and everything, but that's where my brain went to during (laughs) that. Mr. Coffee is, makes a lot more sense. I thought you were setting up a Mr. Clean. So like not Mrs. Dirty, Mr. Clean. <laughs> well, I, I stumbled a bit because like, was it, Miss, is it Mr. Coffee? Because I, I've never owned a coffee pot. So I'm like, I don't know. That's the coffee pot that I have. I have a Mr. Coffee pot and it's broken. Oh. I see you admit that it's broken. Well, well I'm just, so sorry. I was telling Josh earlier today about my coffee pot that mostly works. Well, no, it's mostly broken, but it, it works every once in a while. So I have not gotten rid of it. I see. A classic. I think it's broken and he should just get a new one. Uh, or. But it's only mostly. Or, or mostly just broken. use the pour over that you already have. Which I do if I can't get my coffee pot to work. <laughs> you just get rid of the middleman. The middleman being your broken coffee pot. The middleman being Mr. Coffee. The middleman, Mr. Coffee. Mr. Get rid of him. No more middlemen. All right. Well, maybe I will. You're really punishing him for being stuck in that earworm in your brain for all these years, Josh. You just really have developed a hatred for Mr. Coffee. I don't like I don't like Mr. Coffee. Let's let's get this straight. I don't like Mr. Coffee. He's been mm-hmm. haunting you. He really has. He's never left he's never never left my brain. That's probably why I failed so many things in college. I'm just thinking about Mr. Coffee. <laughs> it was weird how all of your art projects were just evolved into you drawing Mr. Coffee over and over again. I should have done that. I probably would have had maybe more fun if I just if I just kind of leaned into that just like bit. I don't know. Well, too little, too late. You can still shift your brand now. I know you're really about the like Japanese inspired printmaking yeah, and whatnot, sh- but you could become the no Mr. One, Coffee. No guy. one gives a shit what I about what I make. So that and now is a good time to pivot. I agree. I think this is it. Uh, I feel like, so like I would watch, I pretty much only watched game shows during the summer when like, cause we, we didn't have cable. So we didn't have game. I didn't even know game show network was a thing until like after high school. It was like, Oh, same. same there's here. a whole network for this. Um, so my experience mm-hmm. with game shows are watching them during the summer. 
because uh, daytime television, it's great. Um, also, or or when I was sick, because uh, nothing nothing says you're sick during school like watching The Price is Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I never saw I never really watched Price is Right myself. I think I was confused by all the different games as a kid. And I, there was enough sitcoms happening at the same time where I was like, well, I'm just going to go watch this sitcom instead. Oh, I interesting. Like I'm one of the few people, because I remember it being on when I was sick, but I just never, never actually uh, wanted to watch that one specifically. I also don't have really strong memories of The Price is Right. I think for some reason, like of the money guessing games, I would even say Supermarket Sweep is more of a, a riddle trivia game because you have to know grocery products but i feel like i i always gravitated towards the the like mid-level trivia like jeopardy and and who wants to be a millionaire were too too brainy for me i didn't want to think that hard on oh, a sick I day loved or anything who wants to be a millionaire jeopardy i i also agreed was like a little too much like i don't know the answers to these it's all too fast but who wants to be a millionaire i mm-hmm. felt like was slow enough where i could just like really get into whoever was the contestant and be like yeah you're so smart or like damn you got out on the third question you must be really dumb even though i didn't know the answers to any of them at the time (laughs) but i i also had and i know i've talked about this in the podcast a bunch but i had a computer game of who wants to be a millionaire where regis would just be so 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 mean to you for (laughs) losing any question and even sometimes if you won he would be like well i can't believe you guessed that right uh, just stuff like that. <laughs> and that I think probably made me love that game even more. What do you think, I guess, related to that makes a good game show host? There are so many of them. Mm. Do you think like the snark towards the players is a key, key piece of that? I don't know if I have an answer to this question, but I'm I, curious. I really like this question. I think for me as a kid, it was if I knew them from something else, automatic, you're in. Like, you're great. No matter what it was, like, I know Richard Karn hosted Family Feud for a while, and I was like, I love Richard Karn. He's the best Family Feud host. And he was good, but Mm -hmm. I I don't know if he did anything in particular to win me over other than the fact that he was Al Borland on Home Improvement. (laughs) Um, But I think Snark is good, like, because then it gives you, like, kind of, you've got, like, kind of the hero and the villain aspect, right? Like, with Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, I was always kind of like, yeah, Regis, this guy's going to answer the question, right? Or this lady's going to get the million no matter what you say. So I think I, Snark is good. Hmm. I think that like the – I I feel like the host should also have like a level of excitement to them. I don't know because I, I, I think the host should be excited when good things happen too. Like Snark is great, but also I'm the kind of person that's just like, yeah, I want to see that guy be happy for that other guy. Mm-hmm. I agree. Or, or and I think this goes hand in hand with Snark, but like a sense of wit – like uh, like an Alex Definitely. Trebek, very witty man. I like that. Um, Although I feel like he wasn't very excited when good things happened to the contestants. No, he's pretty. He's level. pretty level, but I, I appreciate yeah, he... his wit more than like what than anything else. You know, I like saw his quick a, responses. A tweet today, actually. Um, I don't remember who it was from, but they were like, "I appreciate all the guest hosts on Jeopardy, but I feel like." the permanent host of Jeopardy should really have an air about them that they feel like they're too cool for all these nerds playing Jeopardy right now. <laughs> and I thought that was pretty funny because watching, yeah, like Trebek do it, he does kind of seem like he's like making fun of them a little bit, whether mm-hmm. they're right or wrong. Mm-hmm. I, I I do really enjoy that. Yeah. There's that one Jeopardy clip. I feel like it was this woman who is like, she likes nerdcore music. <laughs> 
the way that he asked her to clarify what nerdcore music <laughs> is uh, was absolutely just like you could feel his soul leaving his body of like, I can't believe I'm talking to this absolute dweeb <laughs> I've about seen that this. Clip. And then she explained it. Yeah. <laughs> and then she explained it. She was like, "It's well, well, it's for people who are kind of nerds and kind of feel awkward around other people and whatever. And then I think he says something to the effect of, so people who don't have any friends, <laughs> <laughs> which is such a great dunk. Just, just devastating. Just, yeah, That's truly. Great. I love that. Susan Cole is from Bowie, Maryland. And... Her favorite type of music is something I've never heard of, but it doesn't sound like fun. I think it's very fun. It's called nerdcore hip hop. It's nerdcore hip hop. Yes, um, it's uh, people who identify as nerdy, rapping about the things they love: video games, science fiction, having a hard time meeting romantic partners. You know, <laughs> it's really catchy and fun. Losers, in other words. Well. I agree with all your are your game show host likes. I don't think I cared as a kid. I think they were they were so minimal to my experience of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't watch a lot of sitcom TV, so I didn't recognize anyone. They were all just like the person with the microphone. Yeah. Uh, but now I think I am I still watch game shows because they're a great way to just turn my brain off. Uh, and I think I ex- almost exclusively watch game shows that. I know the hosts of. So like Rob Lowe hosts a game show called the uh, old Sam nin, Ninja Samurai, something very weird. Ninja uh, Samurai. I don't even know the hmm. name. Let me see. Let me see. I, I haven't watched. Mental Samurai. Excuse Sorry, me. Uh, Mental Samurai. Mental Samurai. Uh, and he is, he's that perfect combination of like dunking on guests just a little bit when they can't get a question right. He's like, oh, you know, that's very bad. Uh, but also a little bit celebratory when people are doing good. There's a balance for sure, I think. There are also mm-hmm. like some game shows where I feel like the host just does not matter. And the one that I'm thinking of, because I can't think of, I can't think of what the host looks like. I can't think of anything the host would have said. And that's for a million dollar pyramid or just the word or whatever it was called. Maybe it was a million dollar when I was watching it. I don't know. But I couldn't tell you anything about the host, but I did like the game and like the it, it's one of those game shows that's really well, I guess all game shows are like this. But like it was one of those game shows where you can easily like place yourself into it. Just like mm-hmm. it, it's a game where like you do, are both of you familiar with it. I actually I don't know if I know I was going to ask you to explain. I've heard of it, but I don't know. I don't remember the rules. I remember it's like two people sitting across the table. Yeah, from and then each one other, person right? has like a, mm-hmm. a, a list of um of uh of words that they need to get the other person to say mm-hmm. um but uh they can't say that word um so it, it's really easy to put yourself in just like oh, why are you like that's a bad clue why are you giving this this is there's a much better way to like describe this word or just like it's so easy it's so obvious what they're trying to tell you like why can't you guess this word it's it's one of those game shows that's very easy to place yourself in um is that the one did they have a celebrity sometimes do give the clues Maybe like I don't know. You'd be paired with a celebrity. It was one of those game shows that I that only right ever watched while it was like syndicated. So I don't think I've ever seen a new episode. And it was on during the summer at like two p.m. So mm. there were ne- there was never a cele- I don't even think the host was a celebrity. Wow, just pure game show host. Mm-hmm. Dang. See, the ones that make me 
that, that, that I feel like really put me in the place of the contestant. And this is a show that I watched like a little bit as a kid, but I was able to watch it more at work when we had like free Pluto TV for a little while. There was a channel that was only deal or no deal. And so I started putting that on <laughs> when I was bored at work. And I love deal or no deal. Really? Like, absolutely. It's so fascinating because so many people will like, they just sit so, so caught up in the moment. Where do you, do you guys both know how deal or no deal works? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You get. I guess you should explain for the listeners if you want. Yeah, if you don't know like, about deal, what's your what's what's, what's your deal if you don't know about deal or no deal? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but like, so yeah, basically, you pick a case from like all. I don't remember how many there are. are there like twenty five cases or something like that, and or maybe fifty. No, that feels like too that's many too many. Cases. It's twenty something, or maybe it's thirty. I don't know. Yeah, but you can get and in in one of the cases, there's a million dollars, and then you just like one by one open up other cases to see like is what's in this one to see, like, kind of guess what's in yours. And there's a, a banker who's hilarious, who sits in, a, like, a big, dark, evil tower and just looks menacing, who will call you and offer you money for your case based on what you've already opened. And people just get, like, so caught up in it and, like, people cheering them on. Because in the audience, obviously, people just want them to go for it because it doesn't matter to them. They don't care. But the person, like, obviously wants to try to get the most money that they can. And it's just insane to see them get offered, like, $20,000 when you can tell that they've got like most of your options left that could possibly be in their case are like $1,000 or less. And there's two options above that, uh, above like $20,000 or something. And they always go for it, like no matter the odds. And it's just, it's like so sad, but it's also like you can just see everybody's just like so hopeful and it never works out for them. And I always get so mad at the contestant when they do that, but it's fun. Paul, are you a gambling? Are you? A, I know we play poker, but are you a gambling man? I I don't have much opportunity to gamble. Well, but I like let, to gamble. Let's say let's say you were you were on Deal or No Deal, right? Mm-hmm. And you've got you've got Howie Mandel in front of you, and he has just called the banker. You are mm-hmm. down. You are down to the last two cases, and they are both ends of the extreme. So all that's left is the million dollar case and the one penny case. Oh wow! And the banker offers you three hundred thousand dollars. Do I'm you gonna take the three hundred? You're not. You're not going to gamble for the million. No, because that is three hundred thousand dollars that I am absolutely guaranteed, which is better. I mean, that's just an amazing amount of money. Like, I have yelled at people on that show for taking like less than ten thousand because <laughs> I mean, they're always like, "This is why I want this money," and it's you know like a reasonable thing, but it's like, but it, you you could have this and it would make a huge difference in your life. Like, I mean, I know that even like. Like a thousand dollars would be huge to me. So like three hundred thousand dollars, hell yeah. But I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't need that that million there. I would take the three hundred absolutely. If I didn't need the money, sure I'll take that gamble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you were already rich and then just going on TV to be on mm-hmm. TV, or if it was like if you drastically reduce the stakes from like said maybe it's like a penny or a hundred dollars, but I could get thirty dollars for sure, then I'd probably risk it for that hundo. But I, I, that that kind of money, I can't gamble away. I can't gamble. Because at that point, you're just gambling away $300,000, which is insane. I, this is, I'm so sincere about this right now. I really like that answer. Um, I don't think I, I, I feel like I would be in, on the same page. As much as I would like 
to go for the million and just gamble it. I have never, it, 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 nothing like this ever works out. Almost nothing works out in my favor. So why should this instance work out in my favor? In reality, <laughs> I would, I would like, I would probably have a penny and a hundred dollars left. That's if I was on that show, I would, that's where I would be at. Yeah. That, that's usually what happens to most people by the end. But I mean, if it would be you, I wouldn't be sad at all. Like walking out of there. If like, sure. I had had the million dollar case or whatever. But I, it's like, oh, boohoo! I have three hundred thousand dollars instead. Like that's fucking. That'd be fucking great. I think this is why, as much as I love game shows, I don't think I would ever make the cut to be on one because I'm. I would be similarly rational, mm-hmm. so I wouldn't be interesting enough on like a, on a get get as rich as you can show because I wouldn't be daring enough, and I would be annoying on a. Uh, on a lingo type show where it's like pretty simple puzzle solving because I wouldn't get too hyped up about it. I would just be like quiet and focused and trying to get it done instead of the people who are like, uh, uh, what could it be? Or like overreacting. Yeah. So I, I would all that to say, I think I would also be, be more conservative in how I played. And I, I don't think I would make it past the audience test because no one would cheer for me. They'd be like, Oh, this, this dummy just wants to take the rational choice. That's no mm-hmm. fun. Yeah, they, they they definitely weed out people like us who are like gonna play the game like to win and <laughs> mm-hmm. do a good job. Although I wonder, I wonder if it is possible. I'm sure people have put so much time and effort into trying to fool like the audience testers into thinking that they're like dumb or like don't know how the game really works, just so that they can go and mm-hmm. do a really good job. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a very good. I'd watch a movie about that. Have you? I don't know if there's a movie about it, but have you heard of the press your luck person? Mm-hmm. Uh, so the the press your luck game show. Do you know? Is that the no whammy one? Are you familiar with that? That's Isn't the it no Wayne Brady. One. Isn't yeah, he the where host it's now? like oh. I have no idea. That's one of them. I, I don't, think he's the no current host. The host is. Got it. Elizabeth Banks was for like a little bit. I want to say okay. When I was watching at my grandparents' house, but any I don't know who it was when I was growing up. But the premise is there's this big board in front of you and it's so little skill. And like it it seems like minimal skill, all chance, where there's a light moving around a board on different squares, and some of them have money or prizes on them, and some of them have whammies. And if you press your luck and and keep pushing the button, sometimes you land on money and you like build up your pool. And sometimes you press your button and you land on a whammy and you lose all the stuff that you've accumulated if you got a whammy. But someone figured out the randomizing pattern that the game show used to move around the the cursor on all the squares. Mm-hmm. And he like made bank on the show because he never hit a whammy. He could predict where the squares were going to shuffle next oh. and where the light was going to land next. And... I think there's this whole big controversy about press your luck. And I the mayor, there's maybe a documentary about it, but I remember watching that show a lot. I think there is a documentary because I have watched, I know this story. Um, and I think it's mm. part of maybe a large documentary about people that have solved game shows um, after just like watching, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of episodes. Like there was this one guy um, that watched so many episodes of The Price is Right that he just knew like what to expect when he got on the show. Um, so he easily made it to like the showcase showdown. And then he was within like 50 bucks of like the price, the price of his uh, showcase. 
just wow. from just like years of research of just like, these are the products they put on the show. This is how much these products cost. And it's just like the, the people that have just solved these things, which I think is so interesting. Mm-hmm. Have you guys seen the movie? That's wild. The movie Quiz Show with Ray Fiennes. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, nope. a, it's a really good movie. Honestly, it's from the 90s. Like I think like 92 or 94 or something like that. But it's about like one of the, about a, a game show from like the, I think it was the 50s or maybe 60s um, where like uh, they, like it's revealed that uh, the game show has been like rigged for the whole time. And so it's like this whole big hubbub about where, how the American public like realized, Oh, like everything on TV isn't real. Like this is just fake presented as though, as if it's real. And there was like a whole government investigation into it. It's a really good, like it's not a documentary. It's like a real, like, like a feature. And it's all, I think it's based on a true story, but it's, it's actually a really, really good movie. I recommend Mm. it. That does sound interesting. I feel like we're in this moment. This is also quite sincere for your comedy podcast, but <laughs> I think we're we're in this moment where people are like figuring out what's true and not true on the internet. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting to think that there was a time when people had to do that for TV, where like we all grew up knowing that things on TV were fake and like reality TV is oh, fake. Yeah. I feel like or like but but that there was a time where it was like no, the news is on TV and then there's this game show, so it must mm-hmm. be real. Everything must be legit about it, but it's actually not is is like wild and cool part of yeah, history. It's like, wait, why do people like the game show is like, I mean, yeah, we're just like we're making TV. Why do people care if like the person actually knows the answers or something like that? But wild mm-hmm. stuff. Are there any game shows that are canceled that you wish would come back? I feel like I've been disappointed by reboots, if anything. I I, I do as well. Like they're not as I don't know what's I like I don't know what's missing about them, but like or or just like there's something about game shows today that just don't feel the same. Like for lack of a better like turn of phrase, all the game shows that I've seen like recently just feel so corporate. There's nothing quite like those old sweaters of supermarket suite that really looks like a. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> like, but like even though we were just talking about like you know how how. Not like some like not everything is is as it seems on on television. At the very least, they all appear to be more genuine than they do today. But maybe that's just me, and I just miss old game shows. Yeah, I don't know. I I think it probably part of it is I'm I'm just older, and so I can like scrutinize the people on the game shows more. But it might be that a lot of people have grown up with game shows. So like in, in the way that. I watch a lot of The Amazing Race, so that's reality TV, less than a game show, but it's still kind of a game show. Mm-hmm. And watching the early seasons is so radically different from watching the later seasons because in the early seasons, no one had a clue what was going on. They like knew that they were signing up to be on TV and be kind of like carted around the world and complete challenges, but there was no strategy to it. They just showed up and tried their best. And I feel like to some extent that was true for early game shows where it was like, I don't know, I'm going to be on TV. Uh, (laughs) And you don't know the rules necessarily. You're learning them as you go. And you're there aren't these people who have developed the strategies. So if you're going, I'm I'm always going to go back to supermarket sweep. But if you're on there, you're like, okay, cool. I kind of have a passing knowledge. I go grocery shopping. So I know products, but I don't know them all. I haven't trained for this. Mm. I don't know to grab the meats necessarily. I'm just going to figure it out. 
but now you have a generation of people who like grew up on game shows. And so if any of us were to go on a game show, we'd be like, oh, this is like like the four other game shows that I've seen and and like really trying to win or really trying to gamify it or like putting on these airs of like, oh, I'm going to be the excited, like peppy person who doesn't who's like overly optimistic and like you fall into these different personas that you've seen or you like know what you were going to act like when you're on a game show. And this is me being a cynic too and assuming a lot of other people. <laughs> but I think that that maybe plays into it. There's like less of the the purity of people being surprised and like not like truly just not knowing what's going on, which I feel like are some of the funniest moments of game shows where people are just like dumbfounded by the fact that this is a mechanic of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And I think like a show that still holds up pretty well today is Family Feud because you often get like, Oh, you know, like your dad who's never doesn't who doesn't care about Family Feud and he's just on the show and you know, he's like, uh, says this answer and it's like genuinely just very funny for everybody involved. And yeah, he's not like necessarily like, yeah, scrutinizing the game or he hasn't been training for it for weeks. He's just like, Oh, I'm gonna come in and do this thing because I'm supposed to, I guess. You know. Mm-hmm. I think what also helps, particularly with Family Feud, is that it is in part a reflex game. So mm-hmm. like when you get that first clue and you buzz in, sometimes you buzz in just because you want to be free. You, like, you don't necessarily have an answer. And then all of a sudden you have to think of one. And then that's when that's when you get put on those clips on YouTube of worst <laughs> game show answers. <laughs> but those are the funniest things. I love watching those clips of bad game show answers. They're very funny. Mm-hmm. It's hardly the worst mm-hmm. answer if it brings millions of people joy for years to come. Mm-hmm. Have you guys seen that clip of that guy on Family Feud? And this is like maybe 1980s family feud of the guy that just answered turkey for all of his responses. <laughs> no. No, I didn't see that. There is uh uh I can I'll I'll, I'll see if I can find it. Um but there's this guy that it, it was like the last round whatever you call it, the last round um in family feud. Uh let's see. Um oh, I guess oh. In the UK, I think it's called Family Fortunes. Really? I wonder if it's a ripoff or if someone else in the UK has the trademark for Family Feud. Um, I don't know, but here, here's the audio for it. This is a minute long. Hopefully it covers enough. Name something people take with them to the beach. Turkey. The, f- <laughs> the first thing you buy in a supermarket. Uh, turkey. <laughs> <laughs> A food often stuffed. Turkey. <laughs> and, and, uh, yeah, that went pretty well. I said to you, <laughs> name something people take with them to the beach. You said... A t- <laughs> <laughs> the answer was... <laughs> the first thing you buy in a supermarket. The answer was... <laughs> and, and the survey gave you... <laughs> what? People buy tur- I buy turkey at the supermarket all the time. Tur- <laughs> and that gave you... <laughs> I can't believe chicken beat turkey for stuffed. Yeah, I know. How does, how does... Those weird British Yeah, that's got to be an English thing. That makes no sense. But anyway, uh, I love that clip. I, I, I really I, thought he was going to do extreme. a lot better with those an- with turkey as the answer for the two last two questions there. Mm-hmm. I just think he had a panic answer for the first one. And then it was like, I shouldn't panic. I need to like, 
think about my answers more. And then he has a realization like, oh, yeah, I guess turkey works. And then he has it again. <laughs> it's very funny. Love it. Love that clip. <laughs> yeah. he get, t- Turkey gets increasingly right the more... <laughs> The next, like each question he gets asked. That's funny. I really thought it was going to be some smarmy guy who's like, I'm just going to say turkey for everything. But that was way better than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was like genuine, mm-hmm. genuinely trying, which is the best, best kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, have either of you seen Taskmaster? I love Taskmaster. I also I, do. I have not seen it, but Josh has told me about it a little bit. I, I think you might like it. I don't actually quite know. If how how much you would like it, but it's uh, yeah, I uh, I don't know. It's 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 very entertaining, and again, I think this is what makes a game show good television. It's very easy to place yourself in that situation and think like I could do a better job than these people, mm-hmm. or or it just gets you in a mode of just like what would I do if I was on this show? Do you think that's what people do when they listen to our podcast? I could do better than these people. Probably. <laughs> yeah. They listen, especially me, like scrutinizing the guest position of like, why'd they get this fool on <laughs> oh, here? Oh, no. I, I disagree. I think it's probably reversed. I think they're like, yeah, Sari's making a lot of sense, but these two jackoffs keep just talking about bullshit. <laughs> as far as I know, there's only three episodes of this podcast, and it's the ones that Sari is on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, probably, my dad's probably listening to this, and... <laughs> He's probably like, he listens to all the podcasts that I'm on, and that has created some sort of narrative in his life about media. I don't know. Well, our show is actually really good, just so you're aware, Sari's dad. Yeah, maybe he'll listen to another episode after that. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, the other thing I think Taskmaster does really well is that like genuine surprise especially the early seasons. I think in the later seasons, people, you get more people like comedians who have seen Taskmaster and are like, I'm going to strategize how to play the show. And in the first couple, it's just chaos where no one knows the premise of the show. No one knows what they're going to be asked to do. And so you get some like really creative, really like wholesome, dumb problem solving. Mm -hmm. For anyone that doesn't know, Taskmaster is a British television show it's fairly typical, kind of like one of their like any other kind of British panel show. Um, but the idea is that there is a taskmaster, um, and they 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 have like remote segments where they all film these things separately from everyone else, and everyone is given a task, and it's something simple like eat as much watermelon as you can, and that's it. It's like the the tasks, how you go about solving the task or completing it is as open ended as you want. Like you just need to adhere to the rule. And so as Sari was saying, like, as seasons have gone on, they've put in caveats to rules because too many people have just kind of like, oh, okay, cool. It's like, I don't know, eat the water, eat as much watermelon as you can. And then they, you know, will go to the store and just buy a bunch of cubed watermelon, never even cut open the watermelon that was in front of them because it never said it had to be that watermelon that they had to eat. So things like that. So, uh, but it's, yeah, the first few seasons, very creative, very funny to watch. Because it's it's just so open ended, mm-hmm. and a lot of the the tasks had have time pressures on them. So it's like eat as much watermelon as you can in one minute, mm. and so you really see like panic set in in people's eyes as they're like, "How am I supposed to do this?" <laughs> and that's like the funniest situation. And I think both in game shows like Taskmaster or 
and a man trying to come up with an answer for what do you take to the beach? Uh, it, it just like what what comes out of human ingenuity when you're under that much stress and the stakes are so low. It's amazing. I think that's that's my brand of humor that I love. Did you guys ever watch uh, this one? I guess is a kind of newer. I'm not. I don't think it's still on, but uh, it was called Minute to Win It. Yeah, Minute. Yeah, I that's did a too. Fun, that, that's a fun <laughs> show. I it's probably not on anymore, but that's probably an answer for what I asked earlier that should come back. Should be that. Mm. That's fun. Yes. Yeah. I so that show. I didn't really watch a lot of it when it was on TV, but I had some friends who I I used to work up at a summer camp. And they would just put on minute to win it games like for the kids and for the staff sometimes. And so playing those same games like that was a show that really translated well to like, well, you don't even have to just like watch this on TV. It just gives you ideas for stuff to do at home, which was also super fun. And because, I mean, even if you're not going to win, you know, a thousand dollars or whatever, it's still fun just to see if you can move the ping pong balls from one bowl to another with just a spoon in less than a minute, you know, or something like Mm -hmm. that. I have a lot of fond memories of doing bullshit like that. As a, I remember team, mm-hmm. I remember that show also. Like that was was that on TV the same time as One Versus One Hundred? You guys remember that I don't show? Know if I've heard that show? I've heard of that show too. I <laughs> I love game shows. So One Versus One Hundred was, and honestly, again, speaking of like game shows that were on before their time, that was a battle royale before battle Roy- before PUBG and Fortnite got popular. It's a trivia show <laughs> where they like you have one contestant, and then uh, in in kind of like a like a Hollywood Square situation, there's a hundred contestants or like other contestants in front of you. Or in front of the in front of the main contestant that are all answering the same trivia question, I think, and mm-hmm. the one person just needs to outlast all one hundred other people to win. And that that's the whole that's the whole gimmick of the game show. It's it's it's. I remember really liking it. That sounds like a show I would like to watch. But mm-hmm. I mean, speaking of Hollywood Squares, that's a show that I wish I had been alive to watch back in like the eighties and nineties. I don't really want to watch Hollywood Squares today. I feel like it'd be like a lot of reality TV stars. It's it's going to be people we don't know. Exactly. So I feel like if it had been like the 80s, though, and I, I'm a fairly pop culture savvy guy, I feel like, especially weirdly enough with 80s and 90s celebrities. Um, I feel like I would really enjoy watching that show if I had been this age in like 1985 or 1990. Like, I oh, wish I could watch yeah. it then. I don't want to watch reruns necessarily because I don't know who a lot of those minor celebrities are then but well, I feel i'm sure like, i would have loved to watch it then i feel like every episode had kathy griffith and gilbert gottfried on it <laughs> that was like every episode <laughs> kathy griffith or kathy griffin griffin is that her last name i never know i don't know her too now much. i don't know i know there's andy griffith i think it's kathy griffin, griffin. Yeah. it's griffin because there was a joke on family guy about them being related andy griffith and it and no kathy griffin Oh, being related to the to the <laughs> to Peter Griffin, yeah, right. Wow, it it's true. Kathy Griffin, I'm on the Wikipedia page. They are related. Whoopi Goldberg was in the center square. No, <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> Gilbert Gottfried, Jeffrey Tambor. Really? Wait, when was this? In 1998. Wow. And I guess this was the revival. Oh. Okay. Uh, then Kathy Griffin was a, a staple. Maybe I should in look it. that up. Hollywood Squares revival. I remember watching. Hollywood Squares, just because it was on TV, I don't know, I was probably like nine or ten years old. So not only one do I not know most of the people 
in the Hollywood squares, but I never understood a single joke anyone made because they were all contemporary pop culture <laughs> jokes. I'm just like, I don't know who these people are or the properties they're referencing. They're making jokes about like Al Gore and stuff. Yeah, and you're like, like, who the hell is Al Gore? <laughs> this is me watching Match Game. Similarly, a, a celebrity panel show, which is like, and and like, I think also similar to Hollywood Squares, where it was like, can you match these six celebrity contestants in your word answers? But I never got it because so many of the clues were like dirty jokes mm. or like funny joke, like making fun of each other in the celebrities or like, um, like dirty. Dan was so dirty that when he thinks of uh, like chopping wood, he thinks it's, and then that's the blank you have to match. And like, I don't know if I just didn't process it as a kid, but it was always like, it was a lot of like quite like rude and lewd answers. And I was just like, oh, this is, this is a weird game, <laughs> but I really liked the final match because it was usually like, uh, like blank disc or like blank party or, uh, or like party blank. And there was like the second word was really simple. So it was like, it could be like party hat or party mm. bus or party something. And I really liked playing that round. And so I watched through all of match game just to get to that <laughs> final round. No idea who the celebrities were. No idea how to play like the rest of the game for the most part. But very similar experience of just like, I don't know who these people are. They're all joking around and I think they're famous. <laughs> Boy, that's mm. a lot of TV. I feel like that. I feel like kids, kids, the kids these days, you know. These Gen Zers, they aren't going to get that experience because like I feel like now mm -hmm. you can very easily find shows more tailored to what you know about and what you like. But when we were kids, it was like, nope, this is what's on TV. Yeah. If you want to watch something, yeah. <laughs> you're going to watch, you know, like Kathy Griffin talk with, uh, you know, make jokes about Al Gore and then, yeah, make lewd jokes on Match Game. <laughs> and you're not going to get any of it. But you'll remember this for the rest of your fucking life. Yeah. And for some reason. Those are my formative years. <laughs> exactly. And we're all going to crave going back to that time, like being at home, just like in your pajamas, eating instant ramen, watching <laughs> just these old game shows. Mm -hmm. Well, hey, speaking of game shows. Do we get to play one? Is that it? I've been waiting this whole time. I, <laughs> I'm so excited. I have a segment. Before and it's we start the segment, Josh. Oh yeah, yeah. Can I go to the bathroom? <laughs> yeah, we'll take a we'll let we'll, we'll take a little break. Let Paul go to the bathroom, and then we'll have our segment. Great, thank you, guys. We've finally done it. No one has asked, but we have delivered. The official Nostalgia Entertainment System shop is live. Head on over to nespod.bigcartel.com for beautiful branded apparel designed by yours truly. We've got a logo shirt. We've got a vintage logo shirt. A very handsome tee featuring my very first MP3 player and a pin of that very same design. Can you believe it? It's all there at nespod.bigcartel.com. Patreon supporters get 15% off merch. My dreaming noise is for real. He was everything a woman would want in a man. He just had one unforgivable flaw. He had never heard of Game Show Network. <gasps> 
If only I could find a man with the brains of Alex Trebek, the wit and charm of Richard Dawson, uh, and the animal magnetism of Pat Sajan. We actually met at a video dating service. What about you guys? Bachelor number three. Dating game. <laughs> you been to a spa? No. I just did a week on Tic-Tac-Toe. Hey, I love Tic-Tac-Toe. <laughs> Isn't that nice? Oh. Game shows, 24 hours a day. All you do is watch. And, and win. Do you want to play? Let's play Jeopardy. Do I? There'll be no kissing this year. <laughs> I love Wheel of Fortune. Fever all through the night. Now that's what I call a real man. Game Show Network. Catch the fever. Welcome back, everybody. Paul has taken his little piss break. You don't know what I did in there. I think I do. <laughs> Paul, you yeah, and I are like we're we're linked, man. I know exactly what you're doing. When I piss, Josh knows I'm pissing. Because I Josh piss poops. too. <laughs> yeah, when I piss, Josh pisses. <laughs> yeah, Josh just did it in a bottle yeah. under his desk. I didn't. I didn't <laughs> it was leave. really uncomfortable. Gross. Yeah, I didn't leave, and I didn't turn off my Discord camera or mute the mic. <laughs> <laughs> I just heard like what sounded like water running, and I was like, I don't want to <laughs> zoom in on that window. We're back from break. And ironically, the name of this segment is called Commercial Break. Uh, as is the case when, you, when we would watch TV when we were younger, we, of course, were subject to advertisements in between segments of, of the show. So here is how the game works. I have compiled together seven commercials, and your job is to figure out what year these commercials aired and to keep with the game show theme, we are doing Price is Right rules where you cannot go over. Oh, okay. So is, is, Ooh, it, is sounds that all... a lot like another game I've I've heard of on a different podcast. I don't know what you're talking about at all, Paul. <laughs> I'm sure you don't. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, is that is that clear? Does that make sense? So we're guessing when the commercial is from. You are guessing what year the commercial has aired. Okay. At least. Okay. To, to my knowledge, this is when these commercials aired. I didn't do that much research. I don't have time for that. I hope you um, just guessed. We're just guessing what you guessed. <laughs> yeah, our guess relative yeah. to your guess. That's uh, great. All right. Are we ready? Yes. All right. So hopefully you will be yeah. able to see and hear this first commercial. Little phone tip. Next time you make a collect call, just dial 1-800-COLLECT. It's easy. Beep, boop, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop. That's the way I do it. Guess what? I like to save people money. You do? I do. Oh, I know. You don't like me. You want the old man. Well, here. Happy? Why? So there is our... Oh. Oh, I buzzed in for... Okay, I forgot who I was. Because <laughs> I usually use not Sari as, a, as a, my game moniker. All right, so we have we have, um, <laughs> we have Sari buzzing in first. Your answer. I'm going to guess 1972. 1972 from Sari. Paul. Um, I So that was definitely David Spade in there. And I feel like David Spade's big... I feel like he looked like he was pretty much right around or maybe right after... Uh, um, Tommy Boy or Black Sheep. I'm going to say 1993. All right. So we have 1972 
1993 for this 1-800-COLLECT commercial? The answer is 1994. This goes to Paul. Wow. I was so close. <laughs> Paul is going to dominate this game because I don't know any celebrities. <laughs> I didn't know that was a recognizable man. I thought it was just some random <laughs> oh, no, person. That's Joe Dirt in the flesh, baby. <laughs> uh. All right. There's the first ad. All right. We'll move on to ad number two. There's a world out there. Winds are rough, you Extra Dry isn't just an ordinary lotion. It's a therapeutic skin conditioning treatment that helps heal the roughest elbows, knees, and heels. There is our second ad for Jurgen's Lotion. Uh, Paul, you have buzzed in first. Yeah, I, I just firstly, I want to say I wish all commercials were still like that. Like I know, right? Like Just like a non-ironic... Ads it's, with like it's a so genuine. Mm-hmm. It's like they're not doing weird, ironic bits. Like, you know, in our last commercial, there was a caveman who loved this product. But mm-hmm. like, this is just a song stuff. about making sure your skin's not dry, mm-hmm. which I love. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say it felt very 80s to me. Uh, I'm going to say 1982. 1982 from oh. Paul. 1982. All right. Sari. It also felt very 80s to me. Um, I'm going to guess 1980 exactly. 1980 exactly from Sari. Um, so the fun part about this ad, and this is this is the ad that um, I guess made this, <laughs> made this segment. Because I wanted to do a supermarket sweep kind of segment. Mm-hmm. And I found an episode on YouTube that included commercials, and I didn't know this. And I went to a commercial break, and I was like, what kind of what kind of supermarket sweep thing can I steal for the show? And then this commercial was the first thing that aired. I was like, I gotta use, I gotta use this commercial for something. Cause this song is so good. <laughs> and the year that episode of Supermarket Sweep aired was 1990. This goes to wow. Paul once again. I can't believe it's that late. But that was I'm not complaining. Yeah. All right. So we've okay, Paul is going <laughs> to sweep this. I already know. Uh but I now wish that there were jingle writers, like professional jingle writers still. I'm sure there are so many talented people that are without jobs. Because they mm-hmm. were the, just the commercial people, the commercial jingle They're guys. They're all going to like the worst improv actors now. <laughs> just coming up with weird, <laughs> ironic bits and memes. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to ad number three, which I did have to cut short because it's very long. And I'm hoping both of you know, at least I'm hoping both of you know about this ad. Here we go. The sun used to make our outdoor deck and patio space so hot and uncomfortable I've we couldn't use seen it. This ad. But then we discovered I've the definitely seen this too. awning, 
Our Sunsetter retractable awning opens and closes in just 60 seconds. It keeps our patio about 20 degrees cooler. It provides instant shade and instant protection from the sun's harmful rays. And our Sunsetter costs under $700. But now you can get your Sunsetter for as little as $599 when you call now to get this special $200 discount certificate. We love our Sunsetter retractable awning and you're going to love Oh, I got a peek at the next one. Oh. All right. So there we go. The Sunsetter Retractable Awning. I was hoping there was a short version, but the ad is, I do not remember this being two minutes long. I don't remember. That's the whole wild. ad is two minutes long, but it felt like maybe it's because I just changed the channel. I don't know. But going first, we have Paul. I definitely remember this commercial like very vividly, and I feel like it must have started. It must have started earlier than I remember it airing. I'm going to say 2008. That was going to be my guess. Wow. <laughs> Beat you to it. Yeah. I didn't hit my button fast enough. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna guess 2009 then. I think it'll be oh, slightly later. Over, instead oh, of slightly, no. Yeah. <laughs> All right. 2008 and 2009. The Sunsetter Retractable Awning commercial first aired in 2004. Five. Dang. Oh my gosh. So neither of us get it right. It's way earlier than I, th I, I was also thinking around 08, 09. Um, and then I came across an article that said this has been on air since 2005. Wild. Is it still on air? I don't think so. But the article was from like 2014. Wow. So I think they're still selling those on. <laughs> that part about the sun's harmful rays really is stuck in my brain like that immediately felt familiar to me like <laughs> my favorite songs do like that was <laughs> wedged in there yeah it's this walk and talk for me just like you never get to see a good walk and talk in commercials anymore mm -hmm. definitely mm -hmm. not all right here we go to ad number four which you got a little peek of you son of a biscuit-eating bulldog. What the French toast? Did you think I wouldn't find out about your little doo-doo head cootie queen? Who are you calling a cootie queen, you lint liquor? Pickle you, cumquat! You're overreacting. No, Bill, overreacting was when I put your convertible into a wood chipper. Stinky McStink face! You Hoboken. Fabulous. New Orbit Raspberry Mint cleans another dirty mouth. For a good clean feeling, no matter what. This is also I very much in... remember that commercial. Yeah. There is ad number four for Orbit Gum. Uh, first up, we have Sari. I'm... It's getting a little confusing every round, <laughs> figuring out who's who's buzzing in. For, for I the listeners, backed out so I can make a new name. <laughs> for the listeners, I named myself definitely Paul, and Paul named himself not Sari. And Paul has. Left and entered the game <laughs> like three or four with times. Various, <laughs> various versions of not uh -huh. Sari. Uh -huh. uh, all right, Sari, your answer for this Orbit gum commercial. I also, this in the way that you were describing has been seared into your brain like a favorite song, Paul. The the woman going lint liquor is like mm -hmm. <laughs> a sound bite in my brain. Here's. Here's a fun fact. The the video that I pulled that from, in the title it says she's on Cameo. <laughs> really? 
So you you can you can get the 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 lit liquor cootie queen Amazing. on Cameo. I, that brings me so much joy that she definitely just probably makes thousands of dollars just calling people lint lickers. Like mm-hmm. happy birthday, you lint liquor. <laughs> like I love that for that person genuinely. Yes. I do too. What a like what a great thing for a struggling actor. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm gonna guess 2011 feels like Orbit's Gum was like for me late high school. Yeah, so 2011. 2011 from Sari. Paul, your answer. I think it's a little earlier. I want to say 2009. Mm. 2009 from Paul. It's gonna be earlier than that. It's gonna be even earlier. Yeah, I know. I should have. Now I'm doubting right. myself. Here we go. The the famous Dirty Mouth commercial, the Lint Liquor commercial from Orbit's Gum is from 2007. No! You were both over. I thought about doing that, but wow. I also felt so lucky with this one because the video that I found was like a screen test and it had the date of the ad at the very beginning. I was like, oh, that's perfect. Wow. All right. Here we go to ad number five. I'm getting these for two reasons. They're a great deal, and they're perfect for getting girls' numbers. Okay, I'm getting them for one reason. Buy two big products and get one free, only at Staples. Whoop, little peek at the next ad there. Josh, I can't buzz. All right, so there's a... Oh, yeah, you didn't reset the oh. buzzer. Oops, all right. I'm going to clear the buzzers in three, two, one. Clear. <laughs> All right. For the Staples commercial, we have Paul, I think. Yeah, that's Paul. (laughs) All right. Going first. This has uh, the actor who plays, I think his name is Manny in um, uh, Modern Family. And it seems to me like he's playing his character from the show. And I think that show started in like 2010 or so. But I'm going to guess a little lower. I'm going to say 2000. No, I'm going to say 2010. That's my guess. 2010 from Paul. Sari. I also was thinking 2010 because I, but I've been wrong before. Um, I'm going to guess earlier just in case because I don't really have, I never watched Modern Family, so I don't have a a strong sense of when it started. So I'm going to guess 2008 just to so one of us will hopefully win instead of us both being wrong. All right. 2008 from Sari. Um, you may have noticed that I also had to black out the offer ends date at the end of this commercial because it was in there. <laughs> oh, and I, I didn't even realize that. <laughs> um, but this offer on these pencils and whatever was available in 2000. 11. <laughs> this one goes to Paul. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right, here we go. Clear these buzzers and move on to ad number six. Yes, I used to use Arawax. If they've added plastic or something that gives a better shine, I'll use it again. Shine that lasts is all I want. Plastic? Sounds good. Well, I've got a light-colored floor, and the brand I use now makes it yellow. So if the Arawax people add more plastic and it won't yellow... Great. I like the idea of plastic. Introducing new Arrowax with 50% more plastic. Ladies, we heard you. (laughs) 
Wow. Okay. There we go. There is ad n- number six. Uh, I added it because I loved the phrase, now with 50% more plastic. <laughs> I'd love to hear a, something All right. like that from... <laughs> From today, where they're advertising the same thing. <laughs> yeah. All right. So first up, we have Sari. Okay. That looked grainy. So I'm going to guess, I think, and it felt very directed towards like housewives, which I feel like is more out. I have, There are plenty of cleaning commercials still directed towards housewives today, but I'm going to guess 1965, maybe. 1965 from Sari. Paul, your answer. Um, I feel like I've recently watched an, a movie from like 1983, and I feel like there was actually a weird amount of in, stuff in common with that. Um, I'm going to go with uh, 1980. I'm going to go real far. 1980 for Paul. All right. And the year that this, to me, very funny Arrowax floor cleaning <laughs> commercial is from 1973. So this one goes to Sari. This is my comeback. (laughs) Sari, you're on the board. (laughs) I'd be really embarrassed if I got zero out of seven. (laughs) That looked really good for 1973, I think. I know. It's very surprising. Um, But I still can't get over the phrase now with 50% more plastic. Mm -hmm. And that that glug, 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 glug was like Uh weirdly like it made it look like it was going to taste good. Yeah, It looked kind of like milk. Yeah, yeah it, look, it looks tasty. Uh, all right, and here is our final commercial, commercial number seven, which is two commercials because I really liked both of them. They are, I, and I, I'm pretty sure they're from the same year, but whatever. Who cares? Here we go. So we have two ads for McDonald's Japan advertising the American Deluxe Burger. Wow. Which uh, I believe is just like a barbecue version of a burger. (laughs) It looked good. Yeah. All right. First up, we have Paul. Your answer. I mean, I guess if this is throwing me off, of course, because it's Japanese and not American. So I have no idea what Japanese commercials are, if they're like further along or further behind than we are. But it, he was wearing an American flag suit, the main guy, who is a white guy, um, which I feel like would have been big in like 2015. So I'm going to say 2015 for this commercial. 2015 from Paul. Sari. It also felt pretty recent to me, like the the hairstyle of like gelled up hair felt very like mid-2000s, like not, not quite early YouTube, but like it's like what Christian YouTubers are doing now, so it's a little bit outdated. <laughs> uh, so I would say, I'm going to guess a little earlier though. And say, because Japan is more cutting edge and it's like, no, they'd be copying the... Okay, I'm going to guess later. I'm going to guess 2017. 2017 from Sari. All right. These two McDonald's commercials advertising the American Deluxe. Well, I I just love that name. The American Uh, Deluxe. The American Deluxe aired in 
2017. Oh. Sarah, you got it on wow. the dot. The wow. crowd goes wild. <laughs> I can't believe it. Um, to which I I feel like we should also adopt Paul. Uh, we should adopt Paul. <laughs> you guys want to be my mommy and daddy? Yes, only if I get to be the daddy. <laughs> Doesn't matter. That's to fine. Me. I'll be the mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Paul, I feel like we should adopt the Doughboys Arden Marine rule, in which you if you get points? it right on the dot, you get two points. Do you feel like that's that's something we should do? I mean, we're we're already because I do like that their, rule. Their things, so we might as well. <laughs> we might as well also steal the Arden Marine rule, uh, which means Sarah, you get two points for this. Which puts both of you at three points each. You've tied. Wow. Wow. It really was my comeback. I was joking. I think <laughs> I thought it was imp- impossible to come back. But well, you wow. did it. What a rush. There it is. Thank you. There's our segment commercial break. Will it ever return to the show? Who knows? But that's it. Oh, wow. That's it, it is for our so episode. It's dark in my <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have it's you very funny how dark it is. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's it for our show about game shows. Kind of forgot how to end this show. Um, anyway, uh, thanks, Sari, for being on again and taking the time to be here. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was very fun. Uh, I love talking with friends and I love playing game shows. So thank you for bringing such a fun game. I also haven't listened to Doughboys, so it was new. It was brand new and novel to me. <laughs> wow, there we go. Yeah. Just you wait. We'll we'll also maybe we'll get the iHeartRadio award for best Doughboys knockoff. Can't wait. Anyway, hmm? can't wait. Say, Paul, did oh. you say something? I didn't say anything. Oh, I thought Paul said something. But yeah, that's been our show on game shows. If you have any fun memories about game shows you would like to share with us, you can do so on Instagram and Twitter at nes underscore pod. Or you can uh, send us an email to nostalgia system podcast at gmail.com. And of course, support for the show can be given on Patreon, patreon.com slash NES underscore pod, where of course you get some great bonus episodes every single week and a new announcement. And maybe you've been hearing it for a couple weeks now, but we have merch. Uh, we've got shirts and stuff. So you can go to nespod.bigcartel.com and uh, get yourself a little fun shirt and support the show. Uh, yeah. Sarah, do you got anything to plug? Oh, if you want to hear more of my voice, you can go to the podcast SciShow Tangents, where I talk much less about game shows, but I kind of play a science game show every week, and it's very fun and good. There you go. Check that out. Paul, is there anything to plug this week? Nope. I have nothing going on, and uh, as always, if anybody would like to plug anything at all, you can email me at paulplugs for you at gmail.com and I will plug something for you, but nobody plugs anything on there. So I have nothing to plug. (laughs) And that is Paul P A U L plugs P L U G S number four letter U at gmail.com. Well, there we go. Uh, I don't think I have anything to plug. I guess I do. Uh, I have a new online store. Please buy something and help me pay rent. Uh, (laughs) It's darumaparty.art D A R U M A. P-A-R-T-Y dot A-R-T. Um, all right. That's it. Uh, thank you to Moonraker Music for composing our theme song, Scanlines. You can find them on the internet at Moonraker or at Moonraker Music. That's Moon, R-A-Y, K-E-R. 
What are we talking about next week? I think we're talking about Lord of the Rings. That might be true. I don't know yet. But you'll find out when we get there. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Nostalgia Entertainment System, brought to you by listeners like Joe.